What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we'll just jump right into it. I think we'll be able to do that most days now, unfortunately, because, I mean, that's a good thing. It means we have a lot to talk about. But, of course, I'm just going to pick out the big pieces. So, you know, we, we spent some time discussing the Fernando Tatis injury situation. For now, it seems like he and the Padres have averted disaster. So the Padres placed him on the 10-day IL. This was the day after, this was yesterday, a day after he took a vicious hack at a pitch and crumpled in front of home plate in a lot of pain. So he had an MRI and a bunch of further tests. And the results of those tests and the MRI indicate that he's not going to require surgery. And if he had gotten surgery, that could have cost him several months and potentially ended his season. But what happened was he sustained a partially dislocated shoulder and the exams revealed a partial tear of his labrum. So those injuries are going to require rest and rehab. And the Padres are not going to place a timeline on his return, which is smart, which is smart. They have every reason to be cautious because, of course, you have your franchise player who signed a record-setting 14-year contract. So it would um, it would be foolish to to jeopardize his career by rushing him back and then having him miss more time, not having it fully heal, and having him get surgery eventually. Just take your time now, get healthy now, because I mean, what is he? 21, 22 years old. He has his whole career ahead of him still, and he's he's gonna be fine in the long run if he can stay healthy now. And obviously, as far as replacing him in the lineup, that's something they're not gonna be able to do when you have a top five, some of them say top three player in the game, you're not going to be able to replace them. So it's just for everyone else in the lineup to step up and do their part and hopefully they can put together a collective effort. But you're not going to be able to replace Tatis. This is a huge blow for the Padres. Obviously, they had ambitions for you know challenging the Dodgers for that NLS title this year. I'm not saying it can't still happen because there's still plenty of time. Obviously, season just started. But who knows, maybe Tatis comes back in reasonable time and is able to play the bulk of the season. But um, yeah, it's a 10-day IL. That's obviously optimistic. 10 days is optimistic. But they just need to see how his shoulder responds to treatment and rehab first. But AJ Preller, the Padres manager, did indicate that he's been assured that Tatis, when healthy, is not at risk of long-term damage to that shoulder apart from perhaps another dislocation. So that's that's something to keep an eye on because like sometimes there are some injuries that you suffer which make you prone. They're, they're just injuries that are prone to re-injury or you know aggravation because of the nature of the injury. But this one has been not deemed has been deemed not to be the case. So but obviously it just sounds like a lot of unknowns at this point, but that's just what we can share at this point. They're not gonna replace them. They're not going to replace him. Uh, Hayson Kim will, I mean, will probably be the shortstop. He replaced Tatis on, you know, on Monday night at shortstop. And he's likely going to be their primary option going forward. They just signed him in the offseason to a four-year deal. And um, so, you know, they have other shortstop options too. Jorge Mateo, even though they've been putting him in the outfield. Jake Cronenworth, even Manny Machado in a pinch. So they have a lot of options from a middle infield standpoint. But obviously, they're just missing their, their superstar. In other news, Clayton Kershaw, vintage Kershaw, made an appearance yesterday as the Dodgers defeated the A's. 
And, uh, you know, he had a rough spring training. I think it was kind of funny. His last start, he got absolutely blasted. We were, we were kind of you know, making some, some jokes about it. Not that it really matters for a veteran like him. You know, in his opening day start, he didn't look like himself really either. You know, his, his slider wasn't breaking that much. Then again, it wasn't Colorado. But, you know, the Rockies punished him for five earned runs. And um, that's the most that Kershaw has ever allowed in an opening day start. But yesterday against Oakland, he was he was great. The Dodgers won five to one, and you know Kirsch Kirsch had eight punchouts on the day. Those eight punchouts put him ahead of Don Sutton for most all time by a Dodgers pitcher. So that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, eight punchouts yesterday, and he had pretty. I mean. A pretty dominant night. At one point, he retired 16 of 17 batters before allowing a seventh inning double to Stephen Piscotty. But, you know, all's well that ends well. Kershaw is a consummate pro, and this is a Oakland Athletics team that has kind of run into some juggernauts at the beginning of the year. They ran into the Astros that swept them. Now they ran into the Dodgers, who've won two. Now Oakland is 0-6. LA is 5-1, and but... Yeah, Vintage Kershaw was on the bump yesterday, final line, seven innings, one run, eight punch outs. And that'll that'll hopefully cool some tempers, maybe not tempers, but that'll, that'll make some people relax in LA for sure. On the offensive side of the ball, Max Muncy, Rios, uh, Edwin Rios, and Mookie Betts all went deep yesterday. And um, yeah, they helped pace the Dodgers offense. There were a couple trades. I'm just going to briefly mention mention them because they weren't really like noteworthy players. The Yankees acquired Ruben Odor. Obviously, we know who that is, but he was released by the Rangers. And now the Yankees are going to pay him the minimum salary. And they picked him up. I mean, this is, I mean, okay, first of all, in exchange for two outfielders, Josh Stowers and Antonio Cabello. Um, but Ruben Odor is, has not been very good. Has not been very good in in a while now. So it's, it's been a while since he was good. Um, the issue with him is a sky high strikeout rate and you know really low on base skills. So maybe his pull happy approach will play well at Yankee Stadium. I mean his power has never really been in question. He has three thirty homer seasons in the past five years and hit ten bombs in just one hundred forty eight plate appearances last year. Obviously the trade off for that pop has been the strikeouts, but you know, as a bench piece, he could be someone who could find that young, uh, short porch at Yankee Stadium pretty enticing. And then the Brewers sent Orlando Arcia to the Braves, another light-hitting infielder. Sent him to the Braves in return for right-handed relievers, Patrick Weigel and Chad Sabatka. And then last but not least, the Blue Jays have announced an extension for their GM. To, you know, it's a five-year extension, Ross Atkins. This is a guy who's, you know, he's rolled the dice on some some really key players who make up the bulk of their roster now. I mean, they signed Hunjin Ryu to a contract the other offseason. You know, you have a young core, Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio, Guriel Jr., Teoscar. All these guys are coming together at a big league level. You know, they signed George Springer, obviously, to the largest deal in franchise history. So, you know, you, you have a guy who's made a lot of great moves, brought them back to the postseason last year when... It really wasn't expected. Obviously, there was an expanded format, but this is a team that's in the in the right position to contend. 
in a couple years, like seriously contend in a couple years. And, and they've, they've spent well. Um, so they're, they're giving him a five-year deal here. And, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what they're doing in Toronto. Speaking of Toronto, George Springer took some live batting practice yesterday. He seems to be on track to make his season debut tomorrow. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, the Blue Jays obviously want to see him out there. And Eduardo Rodriguez, he'll also make his first start tomorrow. That's going to be his first start since 2019. You know, he had some elbow inflammation, which forced him to the IL to begin this season. But, you know, it's going to be an important season for Erod. He's going to be a free agent in the winter. And after missing all last year due to COVID-19 issues and myocarditis, you know, he's looking to put up similar numbers to what he did in 2019, where he was awesome. He was stellar. So that's going to be that, folks. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.